Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is, well, it's about noon, my time here, Central Standard Time, uh, Keel Standard Time, as I'm coming to you from Saints Peter and Paul today. Uh, Wherever you are, however you are, I hope you, uh, again, feel God's presence, uh, the loving embrace, the, the nearness of God all around you, for God is good, and that's precisely where God wants to be. Uh, You know, we've been on a roll with our prophets lately, and let's keep on that roll. Today, we are going to hear from Ezekiel, who, by the way, is another of my favorites. I mean, honestly, we're hitting the top three for me. Not that that should matter to you by any means, but Hosea, Isaiah, and Ezekiel, they're so good. So I'm going to talk a little bit about who Ezekiel was today and a little bit about what he had to say. So we are going to go to Ezekiel chapter 47 verses 1 through 9 and verse 12. Kind of an odd story. You may have heard it before, but uh, let's stick with it and maybe we'll unpack a little bit about what uh, Ezekiel and imagery is trying to say. Let's break it open. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The angel brought me, Ezekiel, back to the entrance of the temple of the Lord, and I saw water flowing out from beneath the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the facade of the temple was toward the east. The water flowed down from the right side of the temple south of the altar. He led me outside by the north gate and around to the outer gate facing facing the east, where I saw water trickling from the right side. Then, when he had walked off to the east with a measuring cord in his hands, he measured off a thousand cubits, and he had me wade through the water, which was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand, and once more had me wade through the water, which was now knee-deep. Again, he measured off a thousand, and had me wade. The water was up to my waist. Once more he measured off a thousand, but there was now a river through which I could not wade, for the water had risen so high it had become a river that could not be crossed except by swimming. He asked me, Have you seen this, son of man? Then he brought me to the bank of the river, where he had me sit. Along the bank of the river I saw very many trees on both sides. He said to me, This water flows into the eastern district down upon the Arabah and empties into the sea, the salt waters, which it makes fresh. Wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live, and there shall be abundant fish. For wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Every month they shall bear fresh fruit, for they shall be watered by the flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit shall serve for food, and their leaves for medicine. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So again, we're talking uh, about prophets. Again, won't go into what the role of prophet is. We talked about that two days ago, last Friday, before we read Hosea. Uh, And the same would be true, of course, for Isaiah, whom we read yesterday. The same certainly true for Ezekiel today. So when did Ezekiel minister and what, what was he about? Ezekiel, <laughs> Ezekiel was, uh, he was out there, brothers and sisters. 
um, he ministered to the people in Babylon. Um, and uh, in fact, it was, uh, he was studying for, uh, to be a priest of the time and uh, was taken captive in the first, um, uh, when they took the leaders right away. Uh, and he was one of that first batch that went, and it was beside the waters. He was sitting beside the water, and again weeping because they felt like God had left them. They they one left them because they were now in captivity, and how could God uh, be with them if they were now in captivity? Um, and so God had left them. They were no longer they were concerned the people of God, and he was sitting beside the the river in Babylon weeping. And that, if you, if you know that song or if you've heard that story that Ezekiel saw the wheel or whatever, basically he saw God coming down out of the heavens and, and you know, with all the, the seraphim uh, around him and, uh, and, and all its majesty. And that's that, that whole idea of he saw the wheel, that, that burning wheel in the sky. But it was, it was, again, big deal, big, big, big deal, because he was in Babylon and saw God's presence there in Babylon with them. And that was an enormous thing to be able to tell the people of Babylon, you are not forgotten. And his ministry, his prophetic ministry came from that one encounter. Isn't that incredible? He didn't, he didn't need a lot more because it was from that, that so many of these other, and he did have other visions and things, and we'll get into those in a little bit, but that was the primary one. He saw that God had not left them, that even though they had left God, right? And that's what Isaiah and Hosea were, were uh, talking about beforehand. Remember, we put our trust in, in alliances and security, in other security rather than in God. And we take up the sexual, uh, you know, um, uh, ways that, that the, the foreigners around living around them were living that. And, and so they were becoming impure that way. And all these ways, uh, they had taken on idols. And all these things is, are ways they had left God. Not God had left them. And so this was one of the ways that, that Ezekiel was open and, and was able to share with the people, no, God is with us here. And in that encounter, oh, one of my favorite things is when God uh, gives Ezekiel the scroll and invites him to eat it. And it tastes like honey. But that whole image that he has to take it inside, because if he is going to say, thus says the Lord, and speak on behalf of the Lord, he has to know, not only in his head, but in his gut, in his heart, in his very being, he has to know the word of God. And one could not be prophet, one cannot be minister, one cannot speak on behalf of God without that knowing in that sexual sense, right? That fullness, that intimacy of one within the other. Um, of knowing, and that's, that, that's how Ezekiel had it. Um, and, and when I say Ezekiel was out there, oh, if you ever read it, and it's not easy reading. I mean, he goes off, you know, sometimes, and sometimes he is just given the dickens to the people in Babylon. Uh, sometimes he doesn't talk for a year. He doesn't talk for a year. And, uh, and talks about that grieving. Where's the grieving clothes, you know? Um, and again, w much of what he did was done to wake people out of their numbness. And he used not only words, in fact, he used images that would shock them out of their numbness. And one of those was uh, he, he didn't talk for a year and, uh, and dressed as a mourner, um, meaning that like they are now severed, uh, that, uh, that, that 
Jerusalem, you know, those people are dead and we mourn for them and we are, are um, uh, in that place of grief. And again, in a shocking way, one time he set up, a, a, built a little town, like sitting in the sand, built a, a town uh, that was like Jerusalem and had a big frying pan above it waiting to just destroy uh, and, and that, you know, this frying pan symbolized the, the Babylonians coming, just waiting to fall down upon them. Uh, and, and he did that. And he showed the people one time he took the hair and shaved it off his head and a third he scattered to the wind and a third he burned and uh, a third. I don't remember what he did with that at last third. Uh, and um, but then he took aside some and put it in his belt buckle, you know, that remnant that God would not leave. Uh, that, that shows even in the midst of what had happened, that, that the city had been burned and destroyed and, and people put to the sword. That was what he did with the other third is he put it to the sword. Um, and, but then some would still be left that God had not forgotten them. Another time he, uh, you know, used excrement uh, and, uh, and um, in, in a way that, and I, I don't want to get too graphic or gross, but in a way that showed that that's who we are and basically was, you know, uh, the food um, uh, was, was upon that excrement that, that he used. Another time, a famous one back in, in I want to say chapter 36, 37, he goes out the vision in the dry, in the valley of dry bones. Now, this would have been normal. This was in, in outside of the, the city in which he was held captive in Babylon. All the, those who had died, I'm sure, would have been taken out and just not even buried, but placed in this valley, you know, and that was the valley of all those who had, uh, had died. And the Spirit of the Lord says, can these bones come to life? And he says, you alone, Lord, no. And, uh, and then he sees them, you know, walk or, or, or come to life, sinew upon sinew and, and skin, and all of them came to life. But even when they were, were standing with skin upon them and hair upon their head and eyes and their muscles all put together, uh, he said, you know, they're still not full of life until the Spirit of God came down upon them. And that whole idea that, that Jerusalem, you have died, but you will come back to life. And, and he used image upon image upon image of that, that yes, yes, we have experienced grief. Yes, we have experienced the sword and fire and destruction and been scattered to the wind. And yes, we literally had to eat uh, the excrement for food or and all these things that we have experienced in slavery and on our march over to Babylon. And yes, our people have, have been dead, but, but, but there will be a remnant left. That's us. And you'll go home. And these people, can they come to life? Yes, they will, because I am the Lord your God. And in, in earlier chapters, he, he talks about how I will write my word upon their heart. You know, and, uh, and he talks about um, that, uh, oh, I myself will shepherd them. You know, and he, when he's given the dickens to the shepherds beforehand. But he said, I myself will shepherd them, foretelling the coming of Christ. He uses that term son of man to himself. We heard it in this reading, right? Uh, that the son of man that Jesus himself used um, very much, meaning the human one. Uh, and, and Ezekiel was so good. But again, I think of God and God's goodness to us, right? Because Hosea was speaking before the Assyrians came upon the tw 10 tribes in the north in Israel. Uh, and God was with them, even in their unfaithfulness, through Hosea, trying to correct them. And Isaiah was, or excuse me, and God was with Isaiah when he was speaking to uh, Judah, 
uh, before the Babylonian exile, warning them as well. So God was with them before. He's with them in the midst of their exile. And remember third Isaiah that we talked about yesterday, that he's with them after their exile, giving them a vision. Brothers and sisters, whatever you are going through today, God has been with you before. If we're about to enter into a trial, God is with us before we enter in. He's with us, thank God, in the midst of the trial, and he's with us on the other side. Even in the midst of our unfaithfulness, Ezekiel saw the wheel when they were taken away. He saw God coming down in God's majesty, even reminding us that when we have left God, God does not leave us. I mean, take this as hope, brothers and sisters, because it's meant to be as hope. And Ezekiel was a prophet of hope. He was a prophet of shocking. He was honest and brutal in his reality. He was. And he was out there. But again, trying to shock the people out of their numbness to say, we need to accept and own who we have been and what we have done. But we also need to know he was a prophet of great hope that said, but God is present with us now. Uh, very similar to Hosea, and, and I love that visual image when, when Hosea had to marry Gomer and take her back and take her back and take her back and name their children after these things. And even in the midst of naming them for these atrocities that God still is present with us, I will take you into the desert where I will speak to your heart. So let's unpack this weird reading. God, gosh, that was all like, oh, sorry, I've been going for 14 minutes and that was prologue. <laughs> Well, should we actually talk about this reading? I'll do it quickly. Because it's a weird one, right? All of a sudden, there's water flowing out of the temple in this vision, and it's flowing to the east, and it's, you know, ankle deep, and then waist deep, and then, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just kind of, oh, it's a trickle, and then up to your ankle, and then uh, up to his, you know, knee, and up to, to whatever, all those different ones, waist deep. And then it's a torrent. What are we talking about here? Well, I certainly don't want to put God in a box and say this is exactly what, what this image means. But to me, it means two things. It's, it's, I think it speaks of baptism. You know, you and I weren't, weren't awake, weren't aware. I think most of us were baptized when we were infants. I, I think I was two weeks old. And I was baptized. But the effects of that baptism, don't they grow? Don't they start with a trickle? I mean, the grace of God covers us. It's all grace. We're immersed into, the, into Christ. But the effects of that, more and more that I say yes to that, it becomes something that started as a trickle in my life. And then, and then becomes more ankle deep and then becomes more it's it's you know knee deep and becomes more it's waist deep and becomes a, a torrent upon which everything in my life it 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 takes over and isn't that true the effects of baptism the the grace of god has always been there but the more i cooperate with that grace the more it sweeps me up in its path and it becomes everything upon everything it's like that treasure in a field that a man finds and he goes away and sells everything to go get it the other imagery I like is that imagery of the mustard seed. You know that that this trickle of water, it's going east, right? What comes up in the east? The sun. It's it's that presence of light. You know, many churches are are they face east. Our Islamic brothers and sisters, they bow to the east. You know, not in worship of the sun, but that image of that God is that light, 
right? That God is that other, that one that gives us warmth and, and life that comes from the sun. And so the more we walk toward the east, the more that mustard seed within us that is planted within the temple, that is planted within the people of God, that is planted within the word and the Eucharist that we receive within the temple, it becomes more and more and more in our life until again it overwhelms. And in a sense, it's our faith life. The more we walk toward God, the more we are walking in that way, the more it is overwhelming and it becomes us. And it, and, and, and it becomes um, this power. And, and not only power, but this life-giving image, right? Because it says it goes down. It goes down to the salt water. And it makes, it says, it empties into the sea, the salt waters, which it makes fresh. That which is not life-giving, right? That salt water which you can't drink, which, uh, which only certain species and things can, can grow in, it makes fresh with fresh water. That whatever is dirty and impure, this movement of faith, this baptism within us, this, this walking, this, this power of the Holy Spirit, this, this, that which becomes a torrent within us, it makes everything pure. It overwhelms that which is impure. And if you look along the banks, you know, it says uh, along the banks, oh, uh, I mean, wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live and there shall be an abundance of fish. And wherever the water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. And he looks at the bank of the river, and along the bank of the river I saw many trees on both sides which held abundant fruit. My brothers and sisters, isn't that what our faith does? It starts as a trickle, and it starts from that source of God. God is the Alpha and the Omega. It is the Alpha in the church. I mean, it is not a building that gives us life. It is God's very presence. In, that's why I say baptism, that we're immersed into Christ, but it starts as a trickle. But that Alpha goes toward the Omega. The more we open ourselves and walk in that direction toward God, the more God's very life becomes our life. And a torrent, it's that process of divinization that the Eastern Church, uh, the Orthodox Church would say, as we say, growing in holiness. That more and more, and the more we live in that, the more life-giving it is, not only to us, but those around us and everything we come in contact with. But it doesn't happen overnight, brothers and sisters. It doesn't. If you are in a place right now that we're we're just walking uh, in in ankle-deep water, praise God. Because remember, that grace of God is there. We are immersed in it. But it doesn't have to stay ankle deep. Keep walking. Keep walking a thousand more. You know, another quarter of a mile, it's about what a thousand cubits would be. Walk further down, further on. It's going to come. But just keep walking and keep walking toward God. Keep walking with God because it's all grace, right? It's all grace. Keep walking with God's assistant, the angel by our side, but walking toward that ultimate and that water, that torrent, it's going to come. Wherever you are, this is not the end. We keep walking until, and you know, that place, that God, God's presence becomes that torrent within us. We thank God that God is with us in the midst of whatever's going on. He doesn't forget us. We thank you, for God, for the Ezekiels in our life, those prophetic people. And we thank you for your walking presence like the angel with us. Help us always to keep walking toward you until you are everything, you are all in all, uh, so that it may become 
just uh, everything about uh, that which we are about. I think that's enough for today, isn't it? I've gone way too darn long, already 20 minutes. God bless you all. I, I keep saying I'm going to be more brief, and then I just keep talking. I get so excited about these darn prophets. Well, let's pray, my friends. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation, where Mary visits Elizabeth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for being with me today. And may the rest of your day be filled with all good things. We'll see you again tomorrow.